afternoon and welcome once again to the Nicely Toasted Show here on UCC 98.3 FM. We are back for season two starting today and all the way into the Christmas and beyond uh, as we go into 2013. Who would have thought that uh, things would be still rocking and rolling or will they be? That is the big question. Today we're going to delve a little bit into that with our special guests. Um, Over the summer I went and I thought who would probably be the best possible guest that we could get our hands on. I was thinking big. I was thinking grandiose kind of stuff and um, we came across, you know, two really, really well-known individuals, if you want to put it that way. Uh, When you think of branding, you think of things like Coca-Cola, you think of things like Nike, uh, but these names are bigger, uh, especially the male side of it. When you think of the female side, names like Katy Perry or Lady Gaga might come to, uh, you know, your thoughts for many but again, this is uh, above and beyond uh, anything we could have wished for and uh, anything we could have possibly imagined. So we put it all together and uh, today we're very proud to be joined by um, a fantastic couple. Um, they're known to many. Um, one goes by the name Jesus Christ and the other is Mary Magdalene. Joining us all the way from uh, Australia, we should have them on the phone. Are you with us guys there on the live link? Yes, Steve, yes. Hey, how are you? How's everything with you guys this morning? Yeah, thank you. It's very good. It's uh, 9pm in the evening over here. And hello to your listeners. Excellent stuff. Um, So I'm kind of unsure how to refer to you, and I want to kind of keep it, you know, uh, nice and casual between everyone. Um, So will I call you Jesus, or will I call you JC, or will I call you AJ, or what what are you comfortable (laughs) with? (laughs) Well, I'm pretty comfortable with any of those things but but I, a lot of people are not comfortable with Jesus so so perhaps your listeners would prefer to call me AJ yeah I suppose um, I, I, either way you know I, I'll beat them down for you um, I think I'm going to go I'm going to stick with Jesus um, <laughs> <laughs> so you, just to, to put our listeners straight you're joined as well there at the moment by uh, Mary um, she's with you right Yes, there she is. So we'll give our regards to Mary too, and we'll, we'll speak with uh, Mary in a little bit. Um, before I suppose we get into the kind of the whole movement uh, and what you're involved with, which is uh, the divine truth. Uh, essentially, you've been alive for two thousand years. Um, what I want to ask you is: is that in physical form, or is it kind of in a spiritual way? No, well, the, the way I see my life is that I was born 2,000 years ago and then I had an experience of life on Earth uh, 2,000 years ago uh, in which I died and passed and then I was in the spirit world for the rest of the time until I came back to Earth again. Uh, talk to me about this, the spirit world. I mean, are we talking kind of heaven stuff? or? Well, the spirit world is made up of what you would call many heavens, really, or many dimensions. And uh, and I've been through many of them, so I, I know I know a lot of what the spirit world is. But it's very different in different locations. So, in the lowest of the locations, what uh, generally is referred to as the hells, the spirit world is quite dark and and difficult to live in. And then in the higher locations, in the other dimensions, it's a beautiful location um, and far far better than what any person on the earth can probably imagine. So, so what, what would kind of go on in, on a day-to-day basis in the spiritual world? I mean, is is it? Do you have a look into the real world, or? Well, the, the spirit world is uh, is a very interesting place in the in a, because it's made up of so many different dimensions. It it has a very very large variety of activities, and it depends 
on your location in the spirit world as to what kind of activities you would be involved in. So sure. if, you, if you're in the higher locations of the spirit world, uh, there's not much heart playing in the spirit world or anything like that. <laughs> it's, all, it's all to do with things to do with uh, following your own passions and desires in complete harmony with God's, God's love and truth. But uh, you, you have the whole universe at your disposal to discover. Mm-hmm. And so you spend most of your life uh, discovering new things, new truths in particular. Is there many people existing in the spiritual world? Well, every single person who's ever lived on Earth uh, exists in the spirit world. So, so pr- pretty much, uh, you know, any person you can imagine from historic- historically who's ever lived here on Earth all live in the spirit world, in different locations in the spirit world, depending on their condition of love. If they're mm-hmm. in a good condition of love, then they live in the higher dimensions of the spirit world. That's fair. If they're a poor condition of love, then they live in the lower dimensions. Or if they're in a very bad condition of love, then they'll live in the hells. And anybody can move from any condition to another condition. When uh, you said pretty much anyone that's existed on, on Earth, let's talk about, I suppose, deceased people. Would you have met, like, the Hitlers or somebody like a Bob Marley, for for example? <laughs> um, I have not met Hitler or Bob Marley <laughs> in the spirit world, but, but there's many people that I've met that you, you would possibly know in the spirit world, plus, of course, many millions of... Over 2,000 years, you meet many millions of people. And so, Can you give us anyone that you that you would have met or had conversation with? Um, certainly. We, um, for example, I've had conversations with people like Gandhi, um, Einstein, uh, people that we know. But it's it's often the interesting conversations with people that most with people that uh, most people on Earth would not know. Um, Was Einstein as as smart as uh, they would let you believe? <laughs> well, Einstein was often guided by spirits himself when he was on Earth. Um, I can imagine he was. So he was often uh, informed uh, on scientific matters by people in the spirit world who, who could communicate with him. But he was a clever man as well. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's pretty interesting. Uh, well, I suppose, how do you go from, or how did you go from the spirit world into physical form then? It involves the soul, which is one complete unit, splitting in two, into halves, and the masculine half has to find a masculine body and spirit body that's being created through the sexual act of its parents, and and the feminine half has to find a feminine spirit body and and physical body, mm-hmm. which I've created at the same time when when our parents uh, uh, have sex and 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 um, when when we're conceived. Mm-hmm. So it's from, you know, like you say, uh, the, the conception or whatever, or in any way does it happen kind of like a midlife thing where somebody is, is kind of, if you want to say, maybe taken over? Um, no, that that's a different thing that happens. There's, there's many people on Earth, as you're probably aware, that have been taken over by spirits or who are severely, what I'd call severely influenced by spirits. But that's not the same thing as actually, um, you know, re-entering the earth again from the spirit world from a, what I'd call a soul union condition. Mm-hmm. So they're, they're very different states. All right. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, yeah. let's talk about uh, what the whole movement is. It's called, for our listeners again, the Divine Truth. What, what is essentially the Divine Truth? Well, Divine Truth is what what I, what I um, have discovered to be God's truth. So I, I don't see it as my own truth. 
and I've never saw, saw what I've taught as my own truth, but rather I see it as God's truth, and it's uh, what I've discovered through developing my relationship with God. And and as that uh, that truth um, come, as you grow in that relationship with God, more and more of that truth comes to you. It's a bit like uh, the best way I could uh, uh, give you an, an analogy of is is like the truth of flight existed before man discovered flight. So it almost uh, has to be tapped into and discovered, if you want to put it that way. That's right. You know, everything that man's ever discovered has had a discoverer, if you like, a a person who's finished up discovering the truth. Mm -hmm. But the truth existed before that person discovered it. And the truth about relationship with God and the truth about the the universe and and God's laws and all of these different truths all existed before I discovered them, but I just happened to be the first person who discovered many of these truths. How many people are involved in the movement? Um, well, it depends whether you include the people in the spirit world as well as the people here. Right. Um, obviously, the people on the planet, there is not that many people on the planet who are involved in what you would, you call the movement. I just call it a sort of a, a way of life, really. A way of life, really. okay. Yeah. I'll, I'll just refer to it as the divine truth as opposed to a movement. It might be a bit cutting yeah. sound. Yeah. <clears throat> it's, a, it's really just a way of life, a way of living, bringing your harmony into discovery of more and more of God's truths. And this is a personal process that people go through. So while they can learn the truth intellectually from somebody, um, you still need to go through a personal process of its discovery and unless you go through that personal process of discovery, you you won't in the end find or actually feel the truth for yourself. How, how would um, how would one go about joining? Is there like a credentials that you look for? <laughs> no, there's no joining or anything like that. Um, we don't have any uh, organisation to join or any um, thing that a person has to do. Right. There is no structured process, there's no ministers, there's no priests, there's no... So it's all pretty um, just relaxed, just jump on in. It's all very, very relaxed. Uh, all it basically is is uh, myself and Mary going around teaching different people what we've discovered to be God's truth and whether those people that we who listen to us listen to us and decide to follow it or not is really um, outside of our control and we don't actually have any control over what people do with the information. That's fair, that's fair. So where, where is the, the headquarters? That's, that, um, it, Queensland? In, am I right? Well, no, we, we live in Queensland. I, I wouldn't say that's the headquarters. It's just our personal home. Uh, what the media has uh, generally said in the past about us having a headquarters isn't true. We, we just have a home. It's a... It's a little two-bedroom house on a 40-acre property right. um, in, in the Queensland bush. Um, and that's where Mary and I live when we are not travelling around telling, you know, t- talking about these divine truths for free to anybody who wants to listen. Uh, and would people come over to your place for kind of teachings and stuff? Um, not generally. We, we like to have a... We, myself and Mary like to have a private life. So we, we enjoy having our time at our home by ourselves. I mean, so uh, normally we would just hire a hall or something like that to, 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 do to your teach teachers, when yeah. we teach. Yeah. But do you do kind of regular stuff? I mean, you know, obviously, uh, as Jesus, you, you would probably have things where you'd probably frown upon, I don't know, maybe an episode of CSI where, you know, something happens <laughs> or whatever. But do you watch kind of like, I suppose, 
you, you know, things like, uh, I don't know, what's, what's popular in Australia? Australian Idol, have they got something like that, or Big Brother? Or Do you watch kind of casual stuff, or are you very much, do you listen to the radio? <laughs> well, I'm, I, I'm just curious as, as to, you know. Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, no, Mary and I uh, don't have a television, and but but we do like watching movies. So uh, we, we've watched many movies, and we've, we'd say probably that we're movie buffs, but... But would you would you watch entertainment just like anybody? <laughs> would would you watch a horror movie, for example, or would it have to be something kind of spiritual and, and holy? <laughs> no, it doesn't have to be something spiritual and holy. Um, a lot of people have a perception of us that's what I feel is faulty. But um, no, we we will watch pretty much. Scream. Any, have you seen Scream? That attracts our attention. Have you, have you seen the movie Scream? No, I haven't. No. no. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you like horror, do you, Steve? I do, I like a bit of horror here and there. Yeah. Nothing, nothing too hectic. Um, <laughs> so, I suppose, is is it is the uh, Divine Truth a full-time job for you? How, how does it, like, I suppose, um, let's talk about the funding side of it. Do you, do you self-fund it, or how does it work? Well, we do everything that we do for free. So, so when we we hire a hall or to do a seminar, we will we, we'll hire the hall. We'll just let uh, people know on our website that we're doing a talk at a certain location or whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, we have a donation box up the back of the hall if anybody wants to donate to us. But there's no requirement for them to donate to us. And uh, the, but the reality is, myself and Mary will live off of the donations we receive. All right. We so don't have any other form of income. Or um, I, I, I used to be an electronics en- engineer and computer programmer, mm-hmm. um, and Mary used to be an occupational therapist. But um, you know, we've basically given up those things, and we do what we do full time. So is is it? I, I, this might be a bit of a nosy question, but is, is it a tight living? Is the budget tight, or is it fairly comfortable with donations? Well, it depends. It depends on what's going on, really, a lot with the economy and, and how many seminars we do and things like that. Um, so at the moment, it's a little tight, but uh, we don't really notice it much. Uh, if, if our budget gets tight, we stay home mm-hmm. and uh, and we get to enjoy our home and, and time with each other. And if if we have more money available, then we do a lot more things like giving away DVDs and giving away... Sure. give back uh, to the, other the peeps. Yeah, so it just depends on whether we receive enough donations or not. Um, and likewise with the travelling, you mentioned earlier that you do a lot of travelling and teachings. Again, funded by mm. people involved with you. Yeah, it's pretty much... Uh, the first five or six years it was funded by myself, but now... Uh, once my own personal funds run out, pretty much now all of our travelling is funded by other people. So we just recently went on a trip uh, around the world and mm, that was funded nice. by a couple of people in Australia who wanted to see us go around the world. So, Excellent. Um, yeah, so it, it's it's really, it's a beautiful way to live actually, the way we live, we feel. I can imagine, yeah. Um, I mean, I suppose, are, are you uh, private when it comes to letting people, like, say if you're in a restaurant in, I don't know, let's say uh, somewhere like Glasgow in Scotland, do, do you let the kind yeah. of waiters know that, you know, do you book, book in under Jesus or do you book in under under AJ or... Do you, oh, are, you, are, are, you okay to, are you okay to tell people, if you want to put it that way? Would you have a conversation and say, oh, by the way, you know, do you know who you're talking to or whatever? Uh, no, I, well, I don't feel that they have any, um, you know, I, I don't try to force myself upon people. If people want to know who I am, I'll tell them. 
Um, Mary often does our booking, so Mary usually books in the name of Mary. <laughs> um, so, um, well, that's her that's name the, as well, though, isn't it? I mean, of yeah, course, yeah. Yes. So, um, yeah. Generally, we don't force our opinions or beliefs on people. If they, if people ask us questions, then we answer their questions directly. But but I don't go into a, any place and say, "Look, here I am. I'm Jesus, and you've got to listen to me," or anything like that. Yeah, that's 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 fair enough. Uh, especially if they're bringing out stuff like uh, loaves and fishes and stuff. You know, turning <laughs> turning things upside down, getting pretty hectic. <laughs> it's funny though that a lot of those things that are mentioned in the Bible never happened to me right. in my life in the first century. So, all right, fair enough. It's all there. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, I suppose another thing that's that's big and part of the church is uh, the teachings are making people aware of these um that's how, how i suppose earth changes if you want to put it that way um teaching about a, a possible catastrophe now i think it was last year that there was predictions for this year i know we're not at the end of this year but is that still an ongoing thing for you yeah well firstly i don't believe i've never believed that the earth is going to go through some kind of catastrophe which would end civilization or anything like that mm-hmm. i've never believed in some kind of armageddon scenario um, however, the the way that mankind is damaging the earth is certainly having an effect on the earth, and and uh, even currently we can see that there is an increase in in for example seismic activity and volcanic activity, and and these particular things will continue to increase while man doesn't look after the earth and look after what the way he treats it. So uh, my feelings are that unless mankind changes the way they treat the earth then we will see some fairly big cataclysmic events. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, But I don't believe they are going to be the type of events that would result in the extermination of mankind. Right. Um, yeah, I, I, some of the kind of, uh, I suppose, research that I, I looked into with it, um, you, there was some of the teachings spoke about uh, parts of Australia that were kind of being taken out, if you want, almost like, <clears throat> excuse me, like um, the movie 2012 and stuff like that. Um, is that still yeah, no, something? That was a bit of a media beat up, really. Oh, and what happened was, was I was talking to a group of people at a seminar about how they needed to deal with their specific fears, and and so what I did was I referred to specific specific movies which would help them trigger particular fears, and then the media then found those particular presentations on our internet site. And then, of course, they turned that into some kind of, uh, yeah, some, well, it's definitely not an accurate um, representation of what know, said, portrayal yeah. of what, what I was actually saying. Mm-hmm. What I was trying to do was get people to address their fears, their emotional fears that they have about things like earth changes, but also about other things like spirit possession and, and also other, other just general things, the fear of angry people, fear fear of telling the truth and all of those kind of things. That's fair and, enough. Uh, and we were trying to assist people to work through their fears. That's fair enough. Um, yeah, I think what we'll do is we'll, we'll pause for a little uh, break. Or we'll actually take a song. Um, I, we've gone back to the thing where we request uh, our guests to pick out something. You picked out uh, a couple. I like this one, the John Butler Trio. They're uh, Australian, yeah. yeah? Yeah, they're an Australian band, yeah. You're a big, both of you guys big fans? Yeah, no, we lo- we like their we like their music, and this pa- this particular song is a fairly popular one in Australia, and uh, and we enjoy its lyrics as well as the music. Ho- hopefully, your listeners will enjoy it too. Excellent stuff. Well, what we might do, um, 
is we'll take the song. Um, yep. Then when we come back, maybe t- take uh, have a maybe ten minute talk with uh, Mary, and then we'll go sure. back go back to yourself again, and we'll wrap up coming into the top of the hour if that's cool so we'll go with the John Butler trio the song is called Zebra and uh, this one is recommended by our two guests um, Jesus and Mary today so we'll be back after this folks Uh, stick around
Welcome back to Nicely Toasted here on UCC 98.3 FM. You just heard uh, the very, very awesome John Butler trio with a track called Zebra. It is, or has been, should I say, recommended by uh, today's guests, uh, none other than Jesus Christ and Mary Magdalene joining us all the way from Australia. That album, uh, Sunrise Over Sea, I believe, is the title of the album um, from 2004, John Butler Trio. Uh, that track again is called Zebra. Good stuff. I like it. Um, okay, so I think we spent the first half talking to Jesus, and uh, we did say uh, before that track that we would uh, spend a little time with Mary and see how things are. So hopefully, uh, Mary, are you with us at the moment? Yes, I'm here. Hello. Hey, how are you? How's things with you today? Yeah, really well, thanks. Good how stuff. about you? Yeah, fantastic. I'm always good. Everything's always good in the hood here. Um, so I suppose uh, what I want to ask you is, um, I want to go back to, uh, I suppose, uh, post-resurrection. kind of um, You were the first pe- person to, to see Jesus after the resurrection. What kind of um, memories do you have of it? Uh, well, obviously, it was a fairly intensely emotional experience for me Steve um, for me all of these things that have um, they have such biblical I suppose biblical significance and um, are, are very much owned in the Christian sphere as um, stories of Jesus Christ and Mary Magdalene for me they feel very um, intensely personal and and really attached to the loss of a husband mm-hmm. and uh, sense of devastation and then uh, like a sense of disbelief, a lot of joy, and um, and even some confusion when I when I saw him again. Of course, I I was seeing him in in a different state, in a different state than when he had passed, in a different body, and um, but I knew that it was him, and that it was just a very. If you can imagine that someone that you love very dearly, say your wife or a brother or a sister passed and mm-hmm. you thought you would never see them again and, and suddenly you did, that would amount to the kind of feelings that I had at that time. Emotional stuff. I mean, we don't have to go, you know, too much into it if it, if it brings back kind of memories or whatever. But um, and as well, it's been such a, a long time ago. Um, well, it feels quite intensely real, actually. That's one of the strange things about this experience that AJ and I are having, is that when we remember things, it is very much like, not that it happened 2,000 years ago, but that it's a very intensely emotional thing that almost feels like it happened just yesterday. We have the, the context that it didn't, and we understand that it didn't, but it's quite raw, just like for if, if you were to go back to something traumatic that happened in your childhood and re-experience those memories of that time, that's that's about how raw and real it feels for us, actually. Um, yeah, I can, I can imagine that, uh, you know, obviously it's... Uh you know, a pretty intense uh, experience, to say the least. Um, with the the spirit stuff that I, I mentioned uh, earlier with um, with AJ, uh, likewise, y- y- did you exist as well in this dimension for the two thousand plus years? Yeah, absolutely. Um, as AJ, I think he briefly said to you that um, our memories are such that it's as we remember a life that we had on Earth and then passing into the spirit world and something that's not very well known on the earth is that when we pass into the spirit world 
our, our life really does continue and very little else changes except that we lose the physical body that we've been living in and we begin to live in the spirit realm which has an environment which feels very physical to us then as well and we can continue to grow and learn things and that's the experience that we had we we passed over into the spirit world with many of the same feelings and emotions that we had right before we passed mm -hmm. and we continue to lo grow and learn and develop this relationship with god which is really a deep passion for for us and our soul um developing that relationship and and so the memories are that yes i remember this life in the spirit world um growing not only towards god but towards aj as well and to the point where we we reunified as a soul of course i didn't call him aj then <laughs> <laughs> he was uh, um yeah let's i, I want to ask you about i want to ask you about i suppose how you guys met on earth and um I, I, how did you actually yeah how did you actually meet each other do you mind me asking that when we first met you mean or yeah I, 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 in the kind of physical world here we'll say you know nothing to do with the spiritual world sure so in the first century um, I was a single woman in my late 20s which was quite unusual in Palestine at that time and I'd had a, a, a bit of a troubled life I suppose you would say I'd had some abuse in my childhood and I'd gone through a very dark period where I had been a prostitute where I suppose this biblical um, representation of me comes from right. but I had I had moved on from that in my life and had I was running like a business I suppose um, under the a, a man was in name and title running it but I essentially was running it importing textiles and fabrics right and I was working with women who were had also had a troubled past and he came to the town where I was living and we went to see him speak um, he was speaking very similarly to how he speaks now speak standing up and talking to people about God and what's possible in a relationship with God and and that's how I met him um, which is which is a, a fairly um, normal story, I suppose, of how many people meet. But, of course, he wasn't a very normal guy then <laughs> uh, in terms of in that he, he was quite extraordinary as he is now um, and obviously displayed a lot of qualities of love, which I found very attractive. So. Before you guys uh, met each other, AJ mentioned he spent some time as um, with IT and uh, property development and stuff like that. Um, Yep. So now you're talking about this this incarnation here now. Yeah, exactly. This the story I just told you was in the first century. Yeah, yeah that's right. I've, I've got that yeah. much. I'm I just bringing it yeah. back up to where we are now, I suppose. Sure. Um, sure. So how now did you come to uh, find each other? I mean, you were pretty kind of close anyway, being both from Australia and stuff, yeah? Yeah, although um, in the four or five years prior to meeting AJ, I had lived um, overseas. I lived for couple of years in Beirut and then for about 18 months in Edinburgh actually and then I was back in in Lebanon for a little while and I uh, actually arrived back home on Christmas Eve uh, to to live back in Australia and I was in my parents living room and they were listening to this new spiritual teacher that they'd come across and, mm -hmm. and uh, I happened to be there and so I I listened and that's that was AJ um just talking to some people uh, a couple of days before New Year's about about all of these divine truths. Uh, so that's how we met this time. 
but did, but did you did you recognize him from the first uh, your first life if you want to put it that way or how i mean i suppose the difference between somebody preaching and, and you know saying this and saying that how did you identify him as being you know our lord jesus christ if you want to put it as simple as that <laughs> well that's probably not how i would uh, view him or he himself as our lord jesus christ i mean aj or jesus views himself very much as a as a norm as a brother to everyone and a, a normal man who doesn't have some kind of elitist uh, status uh, yes yeah. elitist status um but in answer to your question i suppose um it was quite an intensely emotional time for me, Steve. I didn't really, um, rec- I didn't really recognise what the memories that I had been having prior to meeting him were all about, mm-hmm. and I certainly didn't. Um, there was no uh, stars falling from the heavens and a glazed look into his eyes, right. and suddenly everything fell into place. <laughs> um, it's far more uh, emotional, confusing. You know, I'm speaking about all of this very calmly with you now, but sure. obviously this is quite a um, was quite a tumultuous time in my life. I never thought that I would be um, speaking on Irish radio about um, being Jesus' soulmate and actually being Mary Magdalene. It's not something I didn't ever feel I was destined for uh, some fate greater than what I had uh, uh, anticipated. I've felt I was pretty happy um, being an average kind of a girl. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but obviously when, well, perhaps not obviously, but when I met AJ, a lot of very intense emotions um, began to surface for me. A lot of things fell into place for me. And um, he he himself had come to terms with many of these things before meeting me. And so he was in a far better state to recognise me, which he did, although he didn't tell me that he had recognised <laughs> me. He left he left me to... Uh, He's a cute, cute old dog, huh? <laughs> Sorry? He's a cute old dog, I said. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I think he was just very respectful of the fact that uh, I had many other things going on in my life at that time. Fair and, enough. Uh, I think he knew that, yeah, I needed some time. Uh, wasn't... Uh, uh, no, I don't, I don't... I suppose I won't really go into that. Um... What else was I going to say to you there? Yeah, I suppose, I mean, with the kind of uh, stuff like miracles and stuff, can can uh, yeah. can you guys perform miracles? Well, um, you mean in terms of healing and things like that? I mean, you know, I suppose the, the Jesus was, was recognised. Referred to in the Bible, yeah. Yeah. Not at, not at this time, Steve. I suppose the thing, both myself and AJ in the first century... Um, did perform healings on people but we very much saw this as not a healing that we were performing but that as a desire that God had to give healing to that person and God's desire was able to flow through us because we had a similar feeling to God for, on, on that issue for that person and so we never really have um, felt that uh, we have performed miracles Fair but rather that God has performed miracles through us. That's fair enough. And, but, but to answer your question very directly, at this time, we do not perform those kinds of miracles because we're both aware that we're still working towards having the same kind of relationship with God that we had in the first century. Um, 
we're we're in a process of demonstrating what it is to become at one with God or to mm-hmm. to form a relationship with God, and so we're both very well aware that there's still issues that we're working through, and um, for myself especially more than for AJ at this time, Fair. and we also feel that we'll be able to f- perform miracles when God desires that um, again. So, so I'm very uh, humble for that. That's fair. In a way, it's almost like a, a cleansing thing where I, I know, again, in researching, I, I've read about this uh, past soul damage that, uh, you know, you kind of uh, teach. And for a lot of the people um, who surround you and, and people who uh, support the divine truth, um, a lot of this past soul damage. Can you tell me very briefly what it is? Sure, I probably wouldn't refer to it like that. Uh, We talk to people a lot about having injuries or damage in their soul. And that's as a result of growing up in an environment that isn't perfectly loving. And everyone on the planet at this time has some injury or damage within them as a result of their childhood and and growing up in an environment that is not perfectly loving. Um, Those things can... Um, those things are things that are held within us because we weren't able to fully experience the emotional pain in, in, in the moment. If you consider as a child often when you fell over and hurt your knee, you might have been told one of two things like big men don't cry or mm-hmm. they're there, there's nothing to cry about and immediately there's, there's a part of your pain, that's a very simplified analogy, but the, there's pain within you that's been shut down and not able to be expressed. When we carry those kinds of things within us and we're afraid of experiencing that pain, it's carried like a a damage and it affects how we interact with ourselves, with God and with the people around us. So really we teach people just about how to go back and and release those pains and traumas that um, inevitably, sadly at this stage, all of us have. Mm -hmm. But we, we see that it's possible that everyone can can do that. Is that is that clear? Yeah, no, that's absolutely I know perfect. You said to be brief. Yeah, no, that's absolutely perfect. Yeah, it's perfect. I was just I was just curious as to what actually was uh, the process, if you want to put it that way. Um, yeah, that's that's perfect. Um, what I might do is um, just go back to uh, AJ there for a bit, if that's okay, if he's still sure. there. And sure, it's been a pleasure absolutely. to talk to you. And uh, thanks for your time as well. It's been very insightful as well. So, um, yeah, no, wishing you thanks, best of luck with. For having us. Yeah, no problem. It's all good. Yeah, I'll pass you back. Thank you. Hello, Steve. Hey, all good? Good. Yep, excellent stuff. Um, I suppose uh, what I want to do now is... um, uh, Some people will say, you know, they look at it from afar and, you know, you're going to get kind of tough questions, I suppose, from what you do anyway. Um, You know, a lot of people... um, would refer to it as, as cult-like stuff. Now, I'm, I'm not saying that personally, that it's a, a personal view of uh, the station here as a whole. By any means, I'm very uh, straight down the line with this stuff and uh, open to opinion and beliefs and, and so on and so forth. But what I want to ask you about it is, is that, like, um, some people have kind of said that, especially uh, a cult awareness program, that if you give someone uh, a voice to be God, that... Um, or I suppose at the moment someone becomes God or God's voice on earth, it gives them that kind of permission or authority to enforce submission to the people he preaches to. Um, mm. 
It's, it's, a, it's a bold enough statement, and obviously it's coming from a culture awareness uh, representative. I mean, what are your kind of thoughts on that personally? Well, well firstly, I, I'm not saying that I'm God, and secondly, I'm not saying that I'm the, the only person who can connect to God. So, so I believe that any person on the planet can connect to God, but they need to discover God's way of doing that rather than their own way. Mm-hmm. And once they do that, then they are able to receive truths from God just like I can. And so I don't feel... And all I'm doing is teaching people how to do that. I'm not saying to people they have to follow me. I'm not saying they have to listen to me. They're entitled to their own opinion if they wish. Uh, We don't have any control over people's lives. We don't uh, manipulate people or, or push people into doing things. But we do speak very openly and straightforwardly about what is truth and what is love as far as we see it at this point in time. Whether people desire to follow that or not, we have no emotional investment or any other investment too. Mm-hmm. We, don't, we don't even have a financial investment in it <laughs> either. So, so the reality is myself and Mary are both capable of uh, earning money through some other uh, source <laughs> if we want to. Indeed. So we don't have any emotional investment in anybody believing us. That's fair. Um, uh, with uh, your... How, do, how does your, your family view it? I mean, stuff like... Um, uh, you know, and some of the research... Uh, I, don't, I don't know if it's uh, okay to talk about your, 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 your kind of mother's involvement and, and stuff like... Uh, sure. You know, she, she wanted to bring you to a psychologist, was it? Or, or did you go through with this stuff? Or... Um, she was something about a mental health facility. How did that kind of pan yeah, out? Yeah, sure. My, when my mother first heard that I that I was uh, having memories about who, uh, being Jesus and having memories of my last two thousand years of my life, of course, uh, she, like probably any normal mother, would feel concerned. And uh, and then um, instead of talking to me about that, she she talked to a psychologist about that. And the psychologist recommended that I have uh, some checks. And, and so, I, you know, they forced me through this process of uh, going to the doctor and so forth through, through my insurance, actually, because I was getting insurance at the time. And, uh, and, uh, but in the end, they found me to be a pretty sane person. In fact, most people who meet me find that I'm more sane than most people on the planet. <laughs> but... Uh, but, you know, and my mother herself has since uh, regretted her choice or decision to do That's that. Fair. But mm. She was probably yeah. just concerned, and I suppose it might have taken her, you know, left to centre a little bit, if you look at it from the outside. But uh, yeah, once she, she now has a lot more openness to listening to what I'm talking about as well. So, well, that's a yeah. good thing. In that's the first good. century, it was much the same. My mother, Mary, used to follow me around saying that I was crazy and uh, <laughs> for the first part of my ministry, and that uh, after a while that calmed down. She give you a quick slap on the back of the head to tell you, calm down. <laughs> well, she she tried to protect me from the you know the anger of people. Probably was fair her motive. Oh yeah, that's mm. fair. Um, one other kind of uh, I suppose a uh, hard hitting question um, with the the Bible stuff. Uh, there's a passage um, Matthew twenty four four that says, "Take heed that no one deceives you, for many will come saying, I am the Christ, and will deceive many." What do you make of Matthew's words? Well, I think it's very true. If you look at, uh, you know, if you look at how many people on the planet are claiming to be Jesus at the moment, I'd say there's probably over 100,000 of them. 100,000, uh, wow. 
yeah, many of them are in mental asylums, of course. <laughs> um, but uh, there are quite a number of people claiming to be myself who are all over the planet at the moment, and some of them are being listened to. I believe that in the end, people who listen to the teachings that we teach will soon be able to determine who is the real Jesus and who is the who are the fake ones. If, you, um, if, if I, I don't, go ahead, sorry. <laughs> I, I don't have any investment in that either. I just uh, I know who I am, and I don't feel I need to prove to anybody else who I am. That's fair. That's a fair uh, conclusion. Um, if people want to find out some more stuff about um, the divine truth, where can we send them? Well, we have a website. It's called www.divinetruth.com, and uh, we also have an office email uh, where we have somebody who responds to questions. We don't respond to questions that that are just attacking or, or violent or abusive, sure. but rather we respond to we respond to sincere questions that people have about the truth. And on the website, there are uh, literally hundreds and hundreds of hours of sound downloads of seminars and so forth. And we also have a YouTube site called the Divine Truth Channel, which is, which has uh, over seven hundred hours now of video as well where people can listen to all sorts of subjects of what we've already discussed over the last four years. Superb. Well, I'm going to have to wrap it up because I'm very, very tight on time, but it's been an absolute pleasure. AJ, Mary, or Jesus, Mary, um, I've enjoyed it immensely, and I think I'm going to play out with some more Australian stuff. I don't know if you're familiar with the band called uh, Tame Impala, but I think you guys would probably yeah. like them if you like the John Butler trio as well. Um, no worries. So blast it, crank it up, let our Lord know. Tame Impala are... <laughs> kick-ass rock and roll um okay so yeah once again thanks so much for joining us and um yeah, I wish thanks you, for your time steve no problem i wish you the best of luck with everything in uh, your future endeavors there thank you take care bye for now bye for you Thank you.